Welcome back. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and on this beautiful solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus, we thank you that you've revealed to us your love through your Son, Jesus, and that you have revealed into the church and through the personal revelation uh, to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, the gift of the Sacred Heart, the symbol of the love of Jesus. I ask, Father, that today we would each come to know your fatherly heart, that we'd come to know in a more intimate and powerful way the mercy that lives in the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and that we would also be filled with the Holy Spirit, who is love in God. Holy Spirit, come and move in us and through us. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Carrie, it's uh, great to have you on today. Uh, the special gift happening around here in the current home is that our oldest daughter, Mary Grace, came home. She wasn't able to be home on Father's Day weekend, but she said, Dad, I'm coming home. So she came home on, on Wednesday night, which was awesome. And she'll be here through the weekend. Nice. Yeah. Well, it... And I, it made me stop and wonder. It's like, oh, it's too bad. I won't be there for Father's Day. I won't be there. But I, I feel like there's a divine appointment. I feel like there's a reason why she wasn't able to come on Father's Day weekend, driving up from um, Oregon, but instead came up, um, came up on Wednesday. And then together, you and she went to the healing rooms in Spokane. And, and I feel like... I, I don't know if that would have happened. I, would that have happened without Mary Grace being here? Uh, I was really, it was on my heart to go this week now that school ended. But it wouldn't have happened because we didn't have a car. So that that was helpful. She brought her car. We're a little short with vehicles around here right now. So, And so I, I think that there's, there was a, it's one of those things where God works through all things. And I think that God was working through that moment of your going down to the healing rooms uh, in, in there in downtown Spokane. This is, I don't know how many folks have ever heard of this, um, but healing is one of those aspects of God's kingdom breaking into this world. Clearly, you see it if you pay any attention at all to the Gospels. One of the ways that Jesus manifested and demonstrated the kingdom of God breaking into this earth is through what the scriptures call signs and wonders and deeds of power. Signs and wonders and deeds of power. A sign of God's breaking in. A wonder, something that leaves people astonished and amazed. A deed of power. A deed that shows the God, the power of God breaking into human circumstances, worldly circumstances, and showing that God is an active, living God who moves with care and concern on behalf of his people. We often label those things miracles, but one segment of miracles is healing. And you know what healing is when you when you hear, oh, I was healed of of a flu, I finally was healed, I finally recovered health. But the concept of healing as it relates to a sign, a manifestation, a demonstration of God's interaction with us 
is just something that we Catholics are not typically that aware of. We're not really taught about it. And so therefore, we don't have much expectation in our own lives of faith when it comes to healing. That's my experience, Carrie. Yeah, I agree. So when I think about that, um, and I say, well, some of you might say, no, 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 we, we believe in healing. We believe in the healing of the corrupt fallen human nature in baptism. Not only is uh, fallen human nature healed and restored, but it's elevated into the life of, of God's child. Not only that, but we have two sacraments that are called sacraments of healing. Confession, which is the healing of the soul, and anointing of the sick, which is intended to foster either a return to health or preparation for the full, final, complete healing, which is heaven. And let's acknowledge all of those things. Yes, indeed, for sure. Let's also say that a lot of Catholics would often associate the concept of healing with saints, with very, very, very holy people and who had extraordinary faith in this expectancy and this fervor and devotion, and the Lord honored their prayer. And so when they prayed for somebody, they recovered, they, they experienced a recovery to health, and even extraordinary, miraculous recoveries to health. And so all of those things, let's put all of those things on the table and say, yes, those are true. But let me ask it this way. When you're feeling sick, just sick with the flu, you, you quickly go to the medicine cabinet and maybe take some vitamins and, and take some, uh, some pain relievers or, or other things to help what foster health. But do you pray for a recovery to health? Do you ask for those around you to say, would, would you pray with me that Jesus, the divine physician, would minister to me? and bring me back to health. I don't think that that's a typical Catholic experience. And that for me is a sadness. But I do think that it is a manifestation of the sacred heart of Jesus. The love in the heart of Christ is a love that rescues. The love in the heart of Christ is a merciful love that wants to restore. The love in the heart of Christ is a love that continues today to manifest and demonstrate what happens when a life is overcome by God's kingdom. And it's something that I know that I've experienced, not only people praying with me for healing in my own life, but my praying and asking the Lord to minister in his healing ways with his healing purposes in other people's lives. It was, uh, those of you that remember the gift conferences uh, that happened at St. Stephen the Martyr for a number of years, um, back, uh, you know, in the, what, mid-2000s to early 2010s, wonderful events. We always incorporated prayer teams, and prayer teams would have people come up, and we would say, what do you need prayer for? And we would pray with them right there, not just saying a prayer intercessory prayer that, oh, we'll remember you in prayer. No, praying that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to minister to you right now through his body, through his body, the church, not only through the sacraments, but complementing that, supplementing that in an accord with the tradition of the church, ministering through the gifts of the Spirit, his healing purposes. 
that for me is one of the powerful ways that people's faith comes alive. People, their faith comes alive when they experience, when they encounter Jesus Christ moving with healing purposes. And that is a, that's a gift that has flowed from the Second Vatican Council back into the church through the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And I'm very grateful for that, and I'm so thrilled that we have um, many organizations now that um, help promote that. And I, I'm also thrilled that more and more priests have become, uh, uh, have become familiar with this idea of ministering with healing purposes in prayer through something like the John Paul II Healing Center. Right? So you have uh, Dr. Schutz, who um, speaks eloquently about the healing of the wounds that come from childhood, the father's wound, and how those wounds diminish our capacity to receive the love of God. They hold us back from being free to worship and praise the Lord. They hold back the experience of joy that God intends to give to us. And so through an organization like that, more and more priests as they come to uh, experience that themselves or their parishioners go to uh, one of those healing retreat you know, seminars or weekends or, or week-long retreats, they come back and they give testimonies of tremendous emotional healing, healing of memories, healing of wounds that come from childhood. And those things often can also free up other areas in their lives. Other areas, even physical healings, can be connected to and associated with freedom in other areas of our lives. It's, it's, uh, it's something that, who would have thought? Who would have imagined? But it's something that is definitely the case. So, Carrie, this year, your word is healing. And when you've discerned a word for your 2022 that God wants to move in your regard with that word healing, um, how, I just shared a whole bunch about the way that healing is, is for today. Healing is for right now. In the life of, of every Catholic listening to me, the Lord intends to come to you in healing purposes and manifest and demonstrate his kingdom love for you, his kingdom breaking through for you in, in, through healing. Um, what, what's, what's striking you as, as I've just shared all of that around the reality of healing? I think what strikes me is that it requires from me an effort to um, call out to God and to see the need for it. But sometimes that only comes with grace in his showing me. I think often I will not even see that I need to be healed or I will not sense this is an area in my life that is mismanaged or it needs God's healing touch. It could be, uh, of course, relationships is a key one, but it also can be how I see um, certain things. And I think we talked about this last week, your attitudes, um, how you see the world. And so it's how do I see education or how do I see finances or how do I see politics or how do I see um, my vocation? And all of those areas, in some respect, need 
God's light to shine in, and I need a, a reset of or a clarity of how the Lord would want me to see that and experience that so then I would behave in a way that honors Him. Um, so, I, And I think we've mentioned this before, Tom, especially when we go through the, the deliverance prayer, um, the prayers in the very back. It has so many different areas and um, words to describe what might be going on interiorly that it awakens in me. Oh my goodness, I do that. Or, oh my goodness, this is a, a something that I didn't even realize was um, offending the Lord or it was something that needed to be prayed, prayed about. So I think just that whole level of awareness, like where do I need to be healed? I think we come into it and, and it's asking the Holy Spirit to show us and to uh, help us to see, oh, I actually need healing. I think that for me was where I started, but the word for the year just came to me. So I'm not saying that I had this big sense that I need to be healed. Man, I just am such a terrible person or I have so many wounds. It was never that way. It was, oh, you want healing for me? What does that even mean? And then it was just through the um, conversation with the Holy Spirit and through uh, reading different uh, healing books and talking with you and reading scripture that those places come, uh, there's an awareness brought to it. You know, I, uh, think about this. How do people ordinarily react if you start talking to them about God's desire to heal? Cause there are those I know that just write it off and they'll, they'll call it Protestant or they'll say, you mean like those people on TV? You remember there used to be those televangelists that were pretty prominent. This is an earlier age of media where um, they, uh, like, um, what was that guy's name? There's a lot of bad <laughs> TV about and, faith and healers. Faith it's healers, probably faith worse, healers, right. <laughs> more, probably negative than positive. And I think when you get into the realm of the Holy Spirit, that's probably why people shy away because it's taken, uh, all of a sudden we become the, we claim authority. It becomes a spectacle. Uh, it could there, be there's, that. A, there's a spectacle uh, quality to it. And, it, it's like over the top, it's overblown. And then you hear about, you know, fake uh, faith healers and who are just trying to get money to somehow generate, you got to give more money and get the healing kind of thing. So there are a lot of folks that are abusing the idea of healing. And I think that holds some people back. I'm not sure how much that's still the case nowadays. I think those kinds of channels have diminished in, in popularity because there's so many options for people. But for me, there are people, when I mention this idea to them, they have their eyes wide open like, I had no idea that that was possible. I just had no idea. Did you want to just share names right now of people that we know? Well, Should we they, just pray for them? They normally just <laughs> don't have that expectation that healing is a part of the life of a Catholic. Well, when we come back, Carrie, I want to continue to dig into that. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. I'm with my wife, Carrie, on this wonderful solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. Jesus has manifested the love in his heart for you. He revealed it to this incredible uh, French uh, nun, this French, I believe she was a Carmelite nun uh, in the 18th century, and uh, in doing so, revealed that the love that is there is this beautiful gift of the sacred heart. And that love isn't meant only to be a, an honored, um, enthroned image of the Sacred Heart. It's meant to be an encountered reality 
in our lives. One of the ways that we can encounter the love of the Lord is through His healing power. One of the ways we can experience the healing power of the Lord is by praying with others and asking that the Lord would move in healing ways. This is something that was introduced to Carrie and me in our lives of faith over 30 years ago, over uh, 30, almost 40 years ago in my case. And I, it's hard to overstate the difference that God's healing power has made in my life. When I think about the way that I was driven by a sense of needing to earn God's love, when I struggled so greatly with a sarcastic spirit and tracing that back to a sense of self-hatred or self-disgust that I was not good enough, that I was not acceptable, that the Lord came in and healed me. He healed me over time, washing that healing love over me in a variety of ways. But one of the ways was through teams of people at healing masses, at prayer meetings that would be available. And I would come up to them and I'd say, would you pray for me for this this battle I have or with this challenge to overcome a sense of self-hatred or with an inability to trust the Lord or even just I'm open to whatever the Lord would want to do to set me free. Whatever it is that's blocking me, I don't even know what it is. Please pray with me and see if the Lord brings you an insight or a guidance regarding how to pray with me right now to experience healing. And it is so powerful because there these become moments of in the moment encounters, they, they become real encounters that show that God is the living God, that God is the living God and he moves the power to set free. It's not just a scriptural thing. It's not just something that you read about in the history of the church. It's something that you experience and then you become a witness to in your life. So Carrie, in the first segment of the program, I, I mapped out a bit of the, like, the theology of healing in the way that God continues to minister through the body to heal today. And this shows up in very concrete ways. Like this shows up in, in ways that, well, it showed up in your life today. Here we are, it's Thursday, and you and Mary Grace went to a place called the Healing Room in downtown Spokane. Quick background of the Healing Room. There was a South Africa, there was a missionary, a Canadian missionary, who went to, he was called to come to Spokane, Washington, called by God of all places. He was in South Africa and called by God to come to Spokane, Washington. His name was John G. Lake. And he got together a team of men and women that he called healing technicians. What a great name, a healing technician. And they got a suite of rooms in in a building in downtown Spokane. And they today are known as the healing room. And within the five to six years of that time, so this is in the, in the teens, the 19 teens, 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, 
there were documented over 100,000 healings. That is shocking. Wait, what's, what website are you reading that from? <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm reading it right off the web. It's 100,000 healings. And Spokane was named by a federal government representative as the healthiest city in the world. I think that's pretty cool. So in those rooms, here it is over 100 years ago, 100 years from now, they still exist. And so, um, so you went today with Mary Grace. Yeah, I heard about it from some missionaries that were staying with us last year. So it was always on my heart. Just kind of go check it out. You know, I, I like the Lord has a sense of adventure. I like that the Lord is breaking into our lives in supernatural ways. It makes my faith exciting. It makes the journey um, more of an adventure. And so I think in my background and growing up with my family, there was a lot of sense of um, looking for signs and wonders or hearing from the Lord or that Life wasn't just about, you know, let's have dinner and save up for a vacation and go to school and let's play a sport. No, it was about how God was showing up every day in intimate moments, not just in how we were hanging out with people, but in more, most importantly, in the interior of our heart, that he was there. And so in that whole sense of, I want to see God move, we went down there today. I didn't know what to expect. It's, it's a pretty big building, actually. It's like two or three stories high. And it's like a big square block. And in the lower level was an actual church. I think they rent out from the Healing Ministries because this has been around so long. It's known like all over the world. Does that sound crazy? I was like, what? I thought it was going to be like, uh, I thought it was going to be a small chapel or a small building, but it's a whole block. And I thought, oh, there'll be two or three people there. There's 20 people there when I was there. You walk upstairs you check in and it's a waiting room. You feel like you're going to the doctor, the, the great physician. You check in with the receptionist. It's the divine physician. <laughs> the great physician, the, the great divine physician. <laughs> and you check in and you, you write your name and then you write what you want prayers for. So I felt as if I was signing into a doctor's office and saying, what are your symptoms? Where does it hurt? Where do you have pain? What do you want to talk to the great physician, the divine physician about today? And then you wait five, seven other people that were there. And we waited about 10 minutes and got called back. And you go into a room and I was prayed with by two women. And it was a matter of, I think we were there for 15 minutes. And they look at your sheet and they pray over it and they have a sense of what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. And they lay hands on you if you feel comfortable. And they anoint your hands with an oil and you, so... But they also kind of take your temperature, like, are you com comfortable with this? Have you done this before? Um, it was very sweet. I love the words they gave. I felt you definitely sense the presence of God. You can feel his presence. And I, I'm just imagining, you know, when I am really you have a physical ailment and I need, you know, to get medicine, I was thinking this would have been a wonderful place to go when I'm in trauma or when I'm in a really difficult spot or when... I know that I cannot like stand on my own. I fortunately, a lot of those times, Tom, I come to you, but I'm imagining there's times in life where you need more than the spouse or you need a safe, maybe a safe space where you want prayers about your spouse. And, but it's not a counseling session. It's not a therapy. It's nothing like that. It's 15 minutes max. And then they call back the next person. There's several healing rooms. There's like four different rooms back there. So, well, and 
the idea that there's like a, a special like building set apart for that mission and ministry for me is it's a wonderful thing because you know I've been doing church work since 1989 and I've been aware of the concept of praying with folks for healing you know for years before that as well before I entered the seminary but for 33 years I've been part of prayer teams praying with people like that everywhere from after mass we had two prayer rooms after mass at uh, St. Ma- uh, St. Marie's in Manchester, New Hampshire. We had trained prayer teams, and people after Mass would know, and they would wait in line, and they would go into the room, and there would be typically a man and a woman praying with the individual for whatever it was that was happening, doing parish missions, doing conferences. It was a staple to have an evening, even if it wasn't a charismatic thing, right? At a parish mission, one evening, or many evenings, we would have at the end of the evening, we'll be up front and we'll pray with you if there's something that we can uh, pray with you for, to, to minister in God's love. And it is, it is like this yearning that so many Catholics have, so many, well, well why, so many, human beings that are, are broken and fallen and living in a fallen world and striving to, to move and grow in God's grace, we hurt each other. Yes, we, we do. We carry wounds. And just in the busyness of life, we're not at our best. And so we fall short. And where we end up falling short in the most painful ways is often in each other's lives. And that's just such a sadness that... We experience the wounds, but we're not accessing all that the Lord has made available to us when it comes to accessing his healing power, his healing graces. And so, I don't know, I just, it, it seemed to me as we were getting ready for today's program that this was a theme that was meant to be talked about, that I'm speaking this word to you, my brothers and sisters who hear my voice right now. Jesus Christ is a healing Lord. He is the living Lord of heaven and earth, and he sees you, he knows your pain, he knows your sufferings, and he is knocking on the door of your right now. And he is saying, open to me, allow me to come in, for I long to bring you a healing that you can't imagine, a freedom that you have forgotten that exists, a restoration into a kind of joy and peace that I have always willed for you, but you have not accessed because of a lack of knowledge. Scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's not only the knowledge of the truths of our faith, it's the knowledge of the love of Jesus. And so today, turn to the Lord. Even now, however you're hearing this program, just in your heart, let there be a yes. Yes, Lord, please, do not let me miss out on your healing purposes for my life. I am like the blind man Bartimaeus, and you are passing by. And I am crying out your name, Son of David, O bringer of healing, wholeness, and salvation. Son of David, O bringer of healing, wholeness, and salvation. Have pity on me. Show me compassion, please. 
And I will continue to cry out, even though the voices inside of me want me to say it's not true, it's exaggerated, it's not for you, you're discounted, this isn't real. Deny those voices, reject those voices, and say yes to what the Lord is doing. He's doing a new thing. And trust that the Lord says to you what he says, what he said to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He draws close to you. He didn't pass you by. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want to see? Take the risk and open up your heart and pour it out to him. Lord, I want to be set free from the wounds of my past, from those harsh words spoken to me, from those evil deeds done to me, from those misdeeds that I have done, from the, 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 the broken relationships that leave me bound up. Lord, I want to be free. Purify my memories. Heal my emotions. Set free the wounds in my heart, my spirit, and my life. Set me free, Jesus. Be for me today a healer. Amen. Amen. You know, if you're not sure where to begin with this whole process and journey, or if this is uh, awakening maybe an interest in searching for healing in a more uh, profound and beautiful way, there's a podcast called Restore the Glory, and it's with uh, Dr. Bob Schutz and Jake Kim. And they go through, I don't know how many episodes there are, I listened to a couple of them, but they go through uh, marriage healing, uh, maturity, purity, sexual healing, um, relational healing. You can look through their different um, episodes and see something that might interest you or strike you, but it's called Restore the Glory podcast. And I just encourage um, you to listen to that if that's something that you're, something that's awakening in you right now, a nudge or an urge. I feel like some people, they're just not open to it, and that's okay. The Holy Spirit will, as long as they're open to God, He will bring them to that place when it's the right time. I don't feel like it's something that you force, and I think it's ongoing also. So even though I had a ton of healing in my life when I, when I was a young child and was walking in the Holy Spirit in a very profound way, um, I think there's just, and I've said this before, I, and I know this is true, there's ways in which I wounded you, Tom, and vice versa. I know there's ways in which I've wounded my kids and vice versa. And my, um, you know, those are the people that are closest to me. So I think that's where I want the healing to happen the most because I impact you all so significantly. And I want to have that relationship that's, that's going to be the most fruitful and used by God. And um, I think we always need ongoing healing. And not to, um, not to, lay that or leave that on the sideline. That would be just a really missed opportunity. I think there's another part of it, and that is that healing is identified as one of those charismatic gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. And expectant faith is another one. Expectant faith that the living Lord moves in living ways in our regard, and that means performing signs and wonders and deeds of power. And so I encourage you to pray for the gift of expectant faith. I encourage you to pray for the gifting, the gift of healing, to minister in prayer to others in healing. All right, up against the break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Carnum with my wife, Carrie, and 
um, just talking today in Faith and Family about um, a different topic. It's it's not one that we have gone to that often um, on our Faith and Family programs, Carrie. But I'm feeling like there's this new surge of um, the move of the Spirit, if you will, and that is moving us to talk about this a bit more overtly. Um, and that is that the Holy Spirit poured out in Pentecost is the Holy Spirit poured out in our lives in confirmation. And that Holy Spirit, when we pray for the unleashing, for yielding more fully to the power of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the way that that happens is through his spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. And it's not only the sevenfold gifts, but it's also the charismatic gifts of the Spirit. We talked about this in a, in a wonderful book, Come Creator Spirit, by Father Kent Mesa in one of our Sacred Heart Radio book clubs years ago. He's the preacher to the papal household. And one of the gifts of the Spirit is healing. And another one is this expectant faith. But there's another one, and it's this words of knowledge. It's, and another one is, is prophecy. And prophecy isn't about foretelling the future. It's about speaking a word that needs to be heard in the present. A prophet speaks the word that most needs to be heard in the present. And so, Carrie, when I think about the gifts of the Spirit in our lives that have had a big impact, it's not only praise and worship, which I talked about earlier in the week. It's not only healing, which we're talking about today, but another gift of the Spirit that has had a profound impact on our lives and is still at work, and, and we're discerning like new ways to have it be at work in our lives, is this uh, what's called the word of knowledge or a word of prophecy. Um, do you want to talk about that? Well, <laughs> I was like, where do I begin? Uh, not that I have so much profound wisdom in, not, in uh, prophetic words. I think as we are always discerning what God's doing. I think we're always, not just in our own family, not in our, in like our children and our marriage, but what's our vocation and what specifically is God calling us to do as a couple? I think partly I feel responsible to some degree having this platform with you that I can't just be lukewarm, <laughs> but at times I'd like to be. Um, or I, I feel it as a, um, a call. I guess. And so then I want to put my best foot forward and say, Lord, if, if you're having me do this, what am I supposed to say? Because I don't have anything. It's what you, what do you want to say, Lord? And so in that whole realm of asking, like even when a priest gives us a, a homily or you're asked to share at a, a retreat or give a testimony of some sort, you would go and ask the Lord to help enlighten and bring strength or bring knowledge and insight into what you want to share. Because it's really God. I mean, Really, it's what the power of the Lord brings to your words. And you can have two messages be said, and if the Lord's anointing one and there's no anointing on the other, it is so evident. So it really sometimes doesn't matter what we say. <laughs> it's whether you're hearing it because God's grace is at work in a situation, which we've seen. I mean, there's amazing moments of God just intervening and, and um, going to the point where I could never have conjured that up. It was a, a God moment. So what you're just talking about there is it's taking the concept of we're all attempting to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts. That it's fundamental to the life of faith, discern and obey. That means you have to sense 
What's the Holy Spirit prompting me to, nudging me to? So this idea of sensing a word from God, a prophetic word, a word of knowledge for my own life or for someone else is simply advancing or developing the gift of discernment in its missionary impact. So I can discern not only from my own vocation, but I can also discern in relationship to others as part of my God-given mission. So <laughs> what you just did there reminds me of um, the some people that came over and they speak Ukraine. They don't speak any English. And they would speak Ukrainian into their phone and then you hit the button and then it would translate it into English. I felt like I just shared a bunch of stuff and then I hit the button and you translated it. <laughs> I'm Google Translate. Yeah, there we go. So let me explain what Carrie just what said. What Carrie meant to say was, she's referring to the missionary aspect of the gift of discernment oh, it's so humbling in our own lives. Anyhow. But here's the thing. You think about people like Dr. Mary Healy. She's on the Pontifical Biblical Commission. So she's with the leading biblical scholars in the whole Catholic world. And yet... She was here at the gift conference getting words of knowledge about how the Lord wanted to heal people in at the conference and moving with miraculous power. Here, so here she is at the height of Catholic scholarliness, teaching at a major seminary, and yet operating in the gift of the Spirit, a word of knowledge, speaking a prophetic word. I think about... Priests that I've talked to over the decades, my friends and speaking at priest retreats and deacon retreats and, um, and all of these other, what do I hear? I hear again and again, you know, I, I do all of this work to prepare a homily or a teaching, but there are these times when, I don't know what to call it, anointing. There's this sense of power that overcomes, and there's this word that comes forth from me that I hadn't planned. It was beyond my notes, beyond my preparation. It was God. So they have an experience, maybe not that often, but they have this experience of God moving with a particular clarity and power that advances advances the work that they could be ordinarily doing through their normal life of grace at work. But this advances it. And that's what the word of knowledge does. That's what a prophetic word does. So I know, for instance, you and I have been part of groups, I don't know, it was 28 years ago. We came out here, we were engaged, and we were with a group, uh, a Catholic prayer group, and they had a woman who had this ministry built around a prophetic word. Her name was Fran Lance. And she wasn't Catholic, but boy, she was just open to the Spirit, and she would read the script, she would read, pray, listen to the Lord, go get a scripture, and then she'd just start talking. And it would be recorded on cassette tapes. And the things that she was able to say about the people that would take turns coming up and sitting was jaw-dropping. Like, there's no way you knew that about that person. There's no way you could identify that happening in that person's life. And, and, and it wasn't just clever. It wasn't just generalities. It was specific words from Scripture, specific um, analogies or, or, or specific themes that were so applicable that it was incredibly powerful. We still talk about. We still have her. She prayed over all of our kids when they were like, Seven, six, four, Little three. Kids. And it's so fun to watch some of those 
uh, prophetic words come to fruit. And I never thought that they would. And sometimes in the younger years, I thought there's just no way this child's going to become this. Or just seeing the circumstances around this person and then seeing how God has raised them up and brought them into a role that he has. It it's, was confirming what was said way back then. It was just confirming. And you know, it's kind of when Jesus meets the the lady at the well and he starts to prophetically, not prophetic, he knows all about her, but he starts to tell her. He's speaking her, a word of knowledge. He's speaking about her life. Do you yeah. think he had her attention? <laughs> so this is what, this is the beauty of, of the power of God. We are in an incredibly broken world right now. There is so much warfare going on internally in people, in in the culture, in the in community, our society where... in the schools, in the in politics, and it's so clear the devastation that the enemy is reaping. And how are people going to uh, turn their hearts to God? How are people going to be converted? How is God going to speak in in common power and glory? Because right now it's not working. I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> What's happening right now? It's getting worse, and I don't think the Lord is not doing what He's supposed to. I think He is preparing. I think He. There is such a time as this. There is something going on right now where we have been meeting with several couples and and people that have moved here. And the beauty of all of this is we see very holy men and women of God moving here that are in the prophetic realm that love their Catholic faith but also they sense it because they moved here because they sense God telling them to move here. It was a just, we can tell you 20 different stories and I'm not exaggerating. And just to say that we are, God is doing something and there's a ready for me. He's readying the army. He's gathering the warriors. He's getting the troops. He's building a remnant and different people have had prophetic senses about what God's doing because we're wanting to know Lord in this war that's going on right now in our culture where are you what are you doing because we are desperate to see you move we do not doubt that you want to but we are waiting and wanting and seeking your power and i don't sense the lord just pouring his power out right now there is a he is holding back for something i don't know what it is but it is not uh it is not business as usual this is a friend of ours said this uh just the other day i was with her at a rosary group um, and her words are powerful. I'd love to have different people share their words because it's so encouraging to know the Lord is moving. He is working. We don't see it clearly right now, but something is heading our way in the form of a battle, and He is readying people. Amen. We're up against the break. Back in a minute with Carrie and myself and more Sun Insight. Welcome back to Sun Insight. This is Tom Curran. One of the ministries that is growing in the Catholic Church today is called Encounter. And some of the folks from who are trained in Encounter and that formation of praying with expectant faith for healing, ministering in the gifts of the Spirit, happening at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. It was happening up at also at um, uh, in Mount Lake Terrace at St. Pius X. Um, you know, folks in in uh, the Archdiocese of Seattle. That's very exciting to me. I think they just had their graduation. It was two full years, very intensive training. It's not just hit, take a six week seminar. No, it's really intensive and um, changed all of those people's lives that have been involved in it. And it happened through the pandemic. So a lot of these people were. Um, it was just a great way to gather and be in communion with the body of Christ. So, well, and for me, what 
you just said it. It's the body of Christ. It's not only anointed individuals like that woman that we talked about that prayed in our prayer group or when we had um, uh, Brendan Case come, a, a Catholic evangelist who travels the country and speaks, and he spoke prophetic words that involved healing as well, which was which was very powerful. It changes lives. And so, again, I, I encourage you, if this is something that makes you uncomfortable, good. Let it be uncomfortable. The Lord is making our lives as Catholics increasingly uncomfortable today. And so I think that as the world continues to unfold, it's the, the dark stream, the demonic underbelly of things in a world that has not yet fully manifested the redemption that Christ won. It shows up in a smaller number of Americans believing in God even, um, that God is responding, that God is responding. And um, Carrie, I think it's one of those things where He's gonna. He's going to continue to unfold different gifts of the spirit and giftings of the spirit in those who are available. Yes, and I think even in those that aren't available or even know, don't even know to look for it. I don't think he's limited by our ignorance. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> um, so it'd be fun to watch. You know, it was really cool about going to these prayer rooms. Um, I was talking to the lady there and I said, so what's your prophetic sense about Spokane? Do you have a word of knowledge? Have you heard from, you know, you have a lot of very faithful people coming through here the last several years during the pandemic. What's your sense? And she says, well, I, she wasn't really sure, but she said, you know, there are some posters or some, uh, words down in the church area that they've gotten over the hundred years about what Spokane's supposed to be. And, it, you know, she said it was happened many, many years ago. But they put it up there to just claim it and, and believe it. And we've seen, you know... And continue to discern it. We, we continue, we've seen the fruit of it. And one of them was Spokane would be a city of healing glory. Not just healing, but healing glory, where when you're healed, glory goes to God. You know, it, it's a... when. In, in the New Testament, when Jesus went around and healed the, or the disciples, it was all about giving God glory and proclaiming his name. Another, they had four words. The other word it got was city of the Father's heart. That's Spokane was supposed to be known as the city of the Father's heart. And the funny thing is, back in 1909, a gal from Spokane is the one that started Father's Day. It originated from Spokane. They didn't know that when they got this word, but it's just cute and fun how God, it's, you know what? God's just fun. He's fun. He is, you know, yes, we're in awe. And yes, he's our father, but he's also really fun and delightful. And he loves to break in, in the little details like this. Um, that's a big detail, I guess. Another, the third one is it's the city of divine appointment. When you are seeking and, and searching and saying, Lord, what am I to do? He intervenes. And we know when we came here three years ago, it was a divine appointment. And we have seen so many divine appointments at that cathedral where people come for one weekend and then the next week they're moving here. I mean, it is unbelievable how, uh, and, and their stories, we haven't gotten a lot of the details of all the stories because there's so many of them, but it's just so joyful to see God's hand on people. And it's like, I can't convince one person or the other on the radio or in person, even my family, but I'm like, hey, if, 
if you have the appointment with the divine physician and he calls you, praise God, it's a grace. I, it's not up to Tom and I to convince people to do anything. It, it's up to the, the Lord and the Holy Spirit. But just to see so many people called here in a sense of like just dumbfounded how they got here, why they're here, what God's doing. What, and not dumbfounded like, I can't believe I moved here, but oh my gosh, I'm so incredibly grateful. I can't believe he called me. So it's just awesome. And the fourth thing is uh, Spokane is a city of refuge from the storm. That just makes me teary-eyed because there's a storm. And a lot of people are caught up in a very difficult, painful situation and circumstance. And I just say, come, if God calls you or if you need to get to the refuge and, and you know, find your brothers and sisters that, that can surround you. And I know God's doing stuff with us and continue to slowly, the Lord's like, come on, Lord. It's like three years now. What are we doing? He's slowly unfolding stuff. But in the last few months, we've just really been sensing uh, the next stage of whatever God has. And that could be another two years. <laughs> it could be two months. Who knows? But well, it, it, it is a beautiful graced moment. So I, what I love to do is take those four words and say, how do they apply to the lives of everyone, right? So if those words were spoken or were manifested in relationship to Spokane as a city, and you're seeing signs that that word is true, I also, when I heard those words, I thought, wow, those words can find meaningful application to so many people who are hearing uh, my voice right now, whether or not you're in Spokane. So just the, the reality of divine appointments, Carrie. I, I love that idea of discipleship as an adventure. And it's an adventure if when you wake up in the morning, you say to yourself, oh, I can look at my Google calendar or my Outlook calendar or whatever calendar app you're using and take a look and say, what appointments do I have today? But instead, say, now, wait a minute. What is God putting on my calendar today? What's the Lord doing on my calendar today? I mean, you know you have a divine appointment, Tom, when you in, it's a moment in time in which you encounter God and you just know He's moving in your heart in such a deep and profound way. It can last 10 minutes. It can last two hours. And, and Yeah, but let me talk about it also just in a way that's involving um, sharing the faith. So I met today um, over Zoom. No, actually, it was met, I was meant to meet over Zoom, and I, I missed the appointment. <laughs> and I got a text message and saying, well, it looks like we missed our appointment. We'll have to reschedule. So I immediately called her up. It's this like prominent real estate agent down in Texas. I got connected with her and um, called her up and I said, I really don't like eating humble pie, but I am so sorry that I forgot our appointment. I acknowledge that. Can we talk right now? And so we started to talk. And uh, this woman was a font of wisdom, shared lots of stuff with me about this moment in the market, how do you grow a real estate uh, business and this sort of thing, and um, had shared some things with me about, she had looked at my website and, and asked me some questions about how I work as a real estate professional. And sure enough, it came around to the fact that I'm serving a lot of people in faith. I am on Catholic radio. She brings up that she's Catholic but doesn't go to mass often. She only goes during holidays. And oh, one of those. One of those kind of divine appointments. 
So I'm holding this book in my hand because I'm mailing it to her, my mass book. Um, so sure enough, I, I said, how can I be of service to you? I, was, I said, I'm very grateful to what you've done for me. What can I be of service to you? She says, I'm doing great. I'm really happy with my life. Uh, she's very well off. She has everything that she needs. And I said, oh, that's perfect. It's perfect time for you to rediscover your Catholic faith. And she just started laughing. And she said, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm busy. My husband, we love to do Sunday mornings. And I said, you know, dancing, I said, I'm an angel sent from God. And the Lord is saying he wants to draw you closer to himself. And she just laughed. And she said, oh, my gosh, I just can't believe you're doing this. And, uh, you know, me, I have an easy way of doing it. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I said, OK, I'm sending you my book. I said, which one? Do you want the one on the mask, confession, or marriage? She said, well, if I get the marriage one, my husband's going to be worried. I said, if I get the confession one, I think he might think I'm plotting to do something to him. So I said, okay, I'm going to send you the mask book. Well, a divine appointment time also can happen when you come across a person or a group that is significant in God's purposes or yeah. a circumstance. You right, show like up this. at a place, you show up at the mass at the cathedral, you show up at a concert, or, and it's set up by the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit. It's this miracle moment where you just know it God you didn't plan it. is intervening. That's right. And But here's the thing. I had to be open in that conversation to be willing to cross a little boundary and go from professional to brother and sister in the faith. And that was the divine appointment part. It was the Lord nudged me, and I said, I'm going there. I'm going there. And it was a blessing. So those of you who are listening, the Lord has divine appointments. He, he wants to make your life even a greater adventure in the Holy Spirit by prompting in you opportunities to speak up, stand out on his behalf for Christ and for the faith. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Carrie, thanks for joining me. God bless your day. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.